Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 25 of the From the Finney podcast. I'm joined again today by the voice of reason, Adam Brown, and for his first appearance of 2022 we've also got Ollie Dawes. We'll look back to our winning draw against Sheffield United on Tuesday night, we'll discuss the defeat in Wales, answer a few listener questions, and then finish off by looking ahead to the upcoming games. Enjoy! Brownie, head a bit sore today? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit uh, tender. <laughs> Um, but we'll get there. Ollie, how are you, mate? Yeah, sound. No, no qualms. Good. Thanks for joining us. Before we crack on, as I say at the start of every episode, you can support From the Finney with a donation. Uh, it helps keep us running. And I'm soon, I'm planning on, anyway, bringing back the uh, the written side of stuff on the website in the next few weeks as well. But yeah, if you want to make a donation, you can head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. Uh, if you want to, show your support in other ways and you're listening on an apple device um head over to apple Podcasts, and jimmy would love it if you could slag us off in the comments but leave us a nice five star review that would be great and spotify you can actually leave us a rating on there now it's just a star rating uh, but if you go to the from the finney podcast page on your phone don't think you can do it on a computer um, but there should be a little star rating towards the top of the page just click on that leave a star rating whatever you want and submit it um we've had about 60 or so so far i only noticed it the other day and we're at five stars so pleased about that yeah boys we'll we'll get straight into it chef you i think graham wesley would be proud i think that's what you'd consider a winning draw isn't it um yeah i suppose so yeah i didn't i didn't see any of that coming at half time i must admit um i think for the first time in my life because i traveled from manchester I was contemplating, thinking I might, I might just leave, um, which is really bad, I know. But I was, it, it was just a, the first half couldn't have gone any worse, really, could it? Yeah, it was poor, wasn't it? Um, but the turnaround in the second half was was amazing. Um, I game changer, Chad Evans, I think. Yeah, well, we'll come on to him in a few minutes. I, I did think. The start of the game was quite lively, but after probably about five minutes, it it just became almost like a training exercise. It was just like men against boys. We just let them have the ball, sat off them, and they were just playing it around with ease. I've not, you know, at the end of the first half, they had like just a bit over sixty percent possession, and we just looked like we couldn't get near them. Um, obviously, a lot happened in that first forty-five minutes, but. Out even before the red card and, and the penalty, we were just miles off it, it, it looked like. We were far too deep, weren't we? We just couldn't get couldn't get out at all. Um and the probably the only time we really got got a little counter attack was Reese when he when he broke and uh, put through Sinclair and Sinclair should score really, shouldn't he? Um but apart from that there wasn't really much to shout about in the first half. Thought the keeper did well, to be fair. Thought League One Wes did well to come out and, and make the save because Scott was looking from the replay that I've seen, looking to go across him as obviously most forwards do, and he gets a bit of a hand to it and smothers it, if you will. And uh, yeah, it's it's one that looking at the person who's got the chance, you'd, you'd probably bank him to score nine times out of ten. Yeah, I suppose if he's been playing more, um, if it was the Sinclair of of last season, um, he probably probably scores, doesn't he? But when he's in and out of the team and not really, not really his proper position, and 
yeah, he's a bit all over the place, isn't he? But yeah, I'd like to think he'd score there. I thought it was poor from uh, Emil Reese for their opener. He just seemed to just like switch off almost at the wrong moment, and that sort of gave Jaden Bogle that that half yard head start to get to the ball. And obviously, it's a good finish. Take nothing away from him. He's absolutely leathered it through a crowd of players and. I don't think Iverson can really do much about it, to be fair. He's a bit unsighted and probably a bit wrong-footed as well. Yeah, I think Lowe made a point of that, didn't he? Afterwards, he said that the positioning from the corner um, wasn't right. And yeah, like you say, Reese, he's just switch off. I've noticed that with Lowe, though. He's quite quite ruthless, isn't he, post-match? <laughs> like yesterday, he was criticising the medical department and yeah. uh, he's not afraid to just he's say... He's done that a few times like, is, since yeah. he's come in. Yeah, he's... I think two or three times now he's had little little digs at the medical department. Yeah, he's ruthless. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think like you say, Adam Lowe did touch on it, didn't he? And you know, you look at there's an angle where it's behind the goal, and you can see Emil and Bogle. They stood five six yards apart as the corner's being taken, and he almost like don't know. He almost like turns away, almost like he's thinking, "Oh, it's been dealt with." And then sees the ball coming out the corner of his eye, and he's he's just, he's wrong footed himself really by sort of taking the step away, and Bogle's more alive to it. And like I said, it's it's a decent finish, take nothing away from it. But yeah, what what what's your take on the sending off and the and the penalty? Um, at the time, I thought it was a bit harsh. I mean, it's definitely a penalty. I think um, in terms of a red, I mean, he doesn't go to play the ball, does he? So. I don't know. It's a bit harsh, but I think it says something that we didn't really appeal it. So it probably speaks for itself that we probably looked at it and thought, yeah, we'll just take it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, on, on the night, I was probably like most like fuming and didn't think it was a pen, didn't think it was a red card, but seen numerous replays since and you can see Hughes, he's, he's got a, a handful of his shirt, whether or not the ref can see that, because again, there's an angle behind the goal and I'm not sure if the ref can see him pulling his shirt. Maybe he's taking a taking a guess and, and giving the pen. Don't know. Uh, but like you said, I think the fact that the club haven't appealed it probably tells you everything you need to know, to be fair. And we're usually not frightened of appealing. We've appealed no. numerous times in the past, so... I just think it speaks for itself that. Have we ever been successful in any appeals? I don't remember us being very successful very often. No, no. No, we haven't. Was that what, think... what was the one a few years ago where we did appeal and they kind of accepted it, but I can't remember. Maybe one of Pearson's. I was going to say, was the one at uh, Chef Wednesday rings a bell? Yeah. A few Christmases ago. Because there was a lot, wasn't there, about... At the time, yeah, it probably wasn't a red. But if you go in strictly by the letter of the law, you could see why the ref would give it. And I think that's why we didn't win the appeal. But it was one that I think many seemed confident we would get overturned. Yeah, I think the one I was thinking of was the Barquets and one against Stoke last season. I think um, they kind of... Did they reduce the number of games? I think they reduced it to one, didn't they? Or two. Um, they kind of accepted that it was harsh, but didn't really go the full way. It was a weird um, one, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the thinking was behind that, because it was, it was a harsh one. Um, so, yeah, we're not, we're not frightened of appealing, and we obviously looked at that one at Sheffield, at Sheffield United and thought, it's not worth it. Um, right, it's a shame, really. To be cause, fair. Yeah, and, and it's a shame because Hughes is... You know, he's, he's been playing so well, so he's a loss. Player of the season for you so far? Um, Yeah, I'd probably say he is, which is, which is a surprise, isn't it? Because he, he got a lot of stick. Um, but I think he's moved into that role and he's made it his own. Um, you, even a, ahead of uh, Iverson? Yeah, well, I think Iverson's... I mean, I'll probably come on to Iverson, but I think there's one... I think Ollie touched on it a few podcasts ago in terms of his distribution and I think that's probably an area of his game that's letting him down in terms of being able to um, you know be a top keeper because it's so important these days 
so yeah, I think I think Hughes for me is is probably player of the season so far. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm with you on that. I think you know he, he he's got a goal or two this season. He he just looks a completely different player under Ryan Lowe. Like he's flourishing in that right, sorry left centre back role, and you know he probably gets forward more under Lowe in that position than he did as a fullback under Neil, um, and. You know, you look at where he's come from, the stick he's had in the past, and the. I mean, we've criticised him on here, but you know, he's he's a completely different player, and uh, yeah, he's he's my player of the season so far. I'd I'd have him up there, yeah. Um, I think that role does kind of suit him because it does sort of let him go forward as well. Because Lowe isn't really scared of letting his wide centre backs go and support the attack. Um, and yeah, he's he's a big presence as well at the back. I think when you when you take out Hughes and put in Cunningham, you do lose that bit of aerial presence as well. So yeah, I think Hughes has been great recently. Yeah, I think just going back onto the game on Tuesday night, second half, it could it could have ended quite early on if we're being honest. I know obviously we just touched on Iverson there, but it's a it's a decent save to deny is it and and die and and die, however you say it. I don't I don't know. Um, he gets the ball on the edge of the box from a corner and decent effort, decent save. And I think if that goes in at 3 0, it's game over, isn't it? You're fearing Blackburn all over again, I think. Yeah. I think I think as soon as the red card was given, I was like, oh, God, here we go. Because that, that Blackburn defeat last season it do, doesn't really go away, does it? <laughs> so bad. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely fearing the worst once, once Sharp scores the penalty to. Two down and a man down, and you've barely had a kick in the first half. You're thinking this this could be any score now. But in Brownie's case, you're thinking I'll go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been on those trains back to Manchester with fans from Sheffield. I wouldn't I wouldn't have blamed. Yeah. To be fair, I have to say at half time it was just fucking doom and gloom around me on the concourse. Like I mean, I've left it early. I've left like, you know, five, ten minutes early, but I've never left at half time and I think there was probably a few in your boat there, Adam, that were considering it. I remember being at the Leeds away game, 6-4. There was people leaving at half-time then. And, they, you know, I bet they regret that to this day, yeah. <laughs> leaving then. And I would have regretted it the other day. I thought it's interesting the change to bring Rafferty on. I thought that actually helped us because it it made us stay in the game. And, and, and if you stay in the game as long as possible... And then go for it in the last few minutes, which we did. I think that helps. Um, the worst thing you can do is try and go for it too early, and then it's three and four, and then you you know you you're in real trouble. But I thought it was an interesting change in terms of made it a little bit more solid. And then once we brought Evans on, we could then build up there, and we've got plenty of players that can play um, that are dangerous on the day. You know, so it was an interesting change. One thing that. that- has surprised me about Lowe. He's done it, I would say, a couple of times now. Did it yesterday as well. But when when he first got appointed, I don't know if you two were on... Well, I know you were, but I don't know if you remember hearing the Plymouth fan on the Twitter spaces. And or it might have been when I interviewed him for the podcast just after Lowe had been appointed. Either way, he, he said, like, he, Lowe tends not to change his shape. You know, if, like, if we're going sort of we're struggling and we've got our backs to the wall he'll stick to his principles he'll stick to his shape stick to his formation he'll change the players he'll make you know he, he said he'll tend to make the right changes at the right time but very rare does he deviate from what he knows and he, you know he's done it twice on the bounce now he might have done it one, once twice more in other games I can't remember but yeah it's, it's surprised me to see him change shape and go to a back four but I think especially on Tuesday night you know going to a back four bringing Ched on yeah, I don't think I don't think we've seen a better cameo off the bench since Stockley against Rovers, have we? No, we just went direct, didn't we? Yeah. It wasn't pretty, but but it, it worked perfectly. Um, and yeah, he was. I think what he does is he kind of does the bits that Reese can't do, um, which which means that it allows Reese to to do what he can do and gives him that that freedom and less pressure in terms of trying to hold up the ball. Um, and yeah, Evans just. When you bring him on, he's just he's an animal, isn't he? Um, and defenders really struggle to deal with that type of striker. Was sort of part of the problem in the first half, wasn't it? With Reese and Sinclair couldn't really make it stick up front, and it was just coming back at us, and we just had no control of the game. 
with Evans on, he just he just gets in the faces, doesn't he? No, you don't want to go into a battle with him, and it gets the crowd going as well. As like as much as everyone points to the Whiteman tackle as sort of the moment that got the fans going again, I think Evans in general, the way he approaches the game, does sort of get fans going again, and I think that was so important to to the second half turnaround. It's very much uh, a throwback, isn't it, to Joey when we had him in League One and the way that he would just rough up defenders, and especially when we had Beckford in that promotion season, he'd you know he'd be the one that do the battling and and create the space for Beckford with you know you'd argue Jermaine's probably got a bit more quality than Garns, but it just worked well, and and it's you know very much a throwback to that, but obviously at Championship level and. You know, I hold my hands up. I've said it a few times now since since he's been at the club. He's regardless of his past and his off the field stuff. You know, I think we've all had our fair say on that. But and and those opinions haven't changed for the record. Um, but from a footballing point of view, wasn't thrilled. Didn't think mm. he'd add that much. But he's proved me wrong big time. Um, and I have to say, he's a very good talker. You know, in the press and stuff, he's very. Very calculated. He thinks about what he says um, before he says it, and yeah, I've, on the whole, I've I've been you know I've been proven wrong, and I've been quite impressed with him as well. The thing is, maybe doing him a little bit of a disservice as well to just talk about sort of like his attitude or the physicality or whatever, because his touches in and around the box and his link up play is really pretty good. Like the amount of times he's played sort of flicks around the corner or found the fullback on the overlapping behind and stuff. His his link up play is really good. Well, people point to the the cross for Emil's equaliser on Tuesday night, but I think if you look at his role in the um in the first goal, you know, it's a throw yeah, from Greg. He runs he comes run. from the touchline back up the pitch, doesn't he? Sort of evades his marker and it's just that little reverse pass into DJ and Bish bash bosh, it's back of the net. I, th- I think there was another one just just before the equaliser. I think he's played a back heel, and I think it was Cunningham on the left, and he's put across right across the face of goal. And nobody's put it in, but it's again just you know he's hold, holding off his man and then plays a little flick around the corner. Just those little touches are maybe something I didn't really expect when we signed him. Yeah, there's the one where he, he lets it run through his legs and Nick Reese as well. Reese's chance. Um he's a clever, he's a clever striker. Um I do think though that he's probably better for us if he's an impact sub um rather than I don't know, rather than starting. I'll probably get criticized for that. But I just think that his his influence is is really useful um coming off the bench. Especially, yeah, 20 30 minute cameos off the bench, you know. I'd I'd agree with that completely at this point. I think first first half at Stoke, I don't think he did a great deal. Second half, he was he was better, but yesterday, I didn't really think much went his way. But you look at his substitute appearances, so Borough away, Fulham at home, scored in both of those, then the other night as well. And I do think, as much as like you say, Brownie might get the stick for that. But I do think at this point, a 25, 30 minutes sub role change the game isn't isn't that bad for him at this point. Yeah, I'll come, I'll come back onto it in a bit. But I think, in fact, no, we'll, we'll cover it now. I mean, I think it's pretty much common knowledge that Cameron Archer's coming in, um, you know, barring a late collapse of the deal in some way or another. And I do think Evans will be the one to make way. I think it'll probably, you know, we'll probably look at Archer and Emil up front and it might lead to a slight change in the way we play with two players that will, I mean, I don't know much about Archer, I don't really know what he's like, but I imagine they'd probably spend a bit more time in and around the box and we'd be looking to get the ball into them in the box as opposed to, I don't know, Um, but I suspect, yeah, I suspect Evans will probably be the one to make way and we'll probably start to see more cameos off the bench I, d- I don't think he'll be afraid to drop Reese though if he has to because if he doesn't feel he's getting enough off the ball or sort of holding up the ball because I thought that was an issue I know we'll come on to the Swansea game but I thought it was an issue yesterday with 
Reese just being a little bit weak at times and losing the ball or sort of touches that were bouncing off him and stuff. I think if I don't think Lowe would have any qualms in going at Evans and Archer up top. No, I agree. I think um I think Reese has been really frustrating recently. Um and I don't think and Lowe's made a few comments um around Reese. So I yeah, I don't think he would be afraid to drop him. Um so I wouldn't be surprised to see if it was Archer and Evans. So yeah, but I do I do think going back to the point though, I do think Evans is better coming off the bench as a as an impact player. Um be interested to see what Archer is like. There's a lot made about his finishing. He seems to think that he's yeah. like the best finisher in in Villa's squad. So it's certainly something that we need. <laughs> so be good to good to see what he's like. Yeah. Um going back to Tuesday, second goal. You know, Alan Brown's work where he picks it up deep. Well, not even deep. It's in their half, isn't it? Probably about 30, 35 yards out, drives forward. And give some credit to Emil. It's his movement for me that does as much to create the chance as Brownie's passing to Ched and Ched's ball to find Emil at the back post. You know, he finds a pocket of space behind Basham and it's a brilliant ball from Ched. And he nearly missed. <laughs> Yeah, I think Bauer was great for it as well, winning that header. Um, I think he kind of set the tone for that goal, really. Um, yeah, because McGoldrick was waiting for it, wasn't he? And Bauer just, yeah, just powered over him. him. Yeah, yeah, wasn't wasn't for waiting. No, and Reese, yeah, nearly missed it. God, it, 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 <laughs> imagine if you missed that. Because he is, he is, he was talked about it before, haven't we? How much of a confidence player he is. Yeah. Um, he needed that goal. Um, you could see, I know he's not like, he's, in his time here, he's never been one to sort of like run off and celebrate. He's always been perhaps a bit odd in his celebrations. You know, just loves to stand there and shout and scream. But I think you could see how much it meant to him. Evans made me laugh because he wanted to get involved in Reese celebration with Reese, But then DJ was with him. So Evans was like, oh, I need someone to hug. So he was like, <laughs> ran, ran past and went and found the... Uh, it was Brown, I think. Yeah, I was I watched the highlights earlier and I think Emil turns around and DJ just, just launches onto him and like hugs him. Um yeah, and I think you see uh, Evans just like run up to the to the advertising hoarding and just like fist pumping. Yeah, good moments and you know, it was good to see Deepdale back to sort of what we know it can be like, especially on a Tuesday night. You know, from for me there's nothing better than going on Deepdale on on a, on a night game and, you know, whether it's like the other night where you're freezing your nuts off or if it's a, an early one in the summer where it's quite warm and the sun's setting and whatnot, just can't beat it, cannot beat it. Yeah, it was really good the other night. I think the, I think the fans realised and appreciated the fact that, you know, they worked really hard, so... Um, and, and the fans got behind them and that, that's all you ask really in that situation. Um, and I think the fans did play a part in us getting back in the game. So yeah, if it's if it's like that, um, let's hope it continues. Two-way street, isn't it? Like, you know, we look dead and buried at half-time. We've come out and under Frankie and probably under Alex as well, would have probably sat in, tried not to lose the game by too many and maybe Nick won on, on the break and if we do, then assess from there kind of thing. But, you know, Lowe's sent them out and almost like a never-say-die attitude. It's like, well, we're losing anyway. You're only going to lose three points, so why not give it a go? And, you know, it, the lads gave the, the crowd something to get behind and something to cheer. And like I said, it's a two-way street and it worked really well on Tuesday night. Yeah, th- I think you've got to praise Alan Brown as well because he, he came in for a bit of stick at the start of the season and there was the whole incident at Huddersfield and whatever happened there. But thought second half against Sheffield United, he was a real driving force and just got to praise him. Him and DJ, I thought, really, really drove the team on second half. Yeah, I think Brown's coming to some unfair criticism because, you know, he's the captain and he got himself a a nice new contract last season, which is reportedly one of the highest in the club. I think people use that to beat him with, really, um, which I think is unfair because, as you can see recently, when he's playing in that position and he's on form, 
he's a really key player for us. And yeah, he's, he's really turned it around. In terms of yesterday, I think obviously we just touched on DJ and Brownie there. I think those two and Whiteman really struggled to have an impact on the game yesterday. And I dare say we, we looked we looked goosed after Tuesday night. It looked, looked like everything that happened on Tuesday night had just sort of sapped that extra bit of energy out of us. And, you know, you're never going to have a Saturday off, really, barring a COVID postponement these days. But it looked like we could have just done without having a game on Saturday and, you know, a bit of extra time to recover. But it is what it is. Um, you know, in the group chat last night, a few of the lads are saying, like, no qualms, really just one of them they were the better better team on the day and well it would have been nice to win I can't really argue too much about it to be fair just a bit sloppy wasn't it just no, no fluency just nothing really nothing was sticking up from we didn't control midfield just just a horrible game to watch to be honest yeah I think once once they scored there was that period after where we were just get destroyed weren't we um, and it could have been three or four but we hung in there and, and we nearly got something out of it. And if, if, if that Ledson goal goes in at the end, you think, oh, it's a decent point that we've got something out of the game. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the game midweek really took it out of us. And if you look at players like DJ, I mean, DJ played in the cup game as well, didn't he? So played a lot of football recently in a short period of time. So Played about eight got, minutes against Cardiff, didn't he? Yeah. And then we've got a midweek game again this week, which, is, which isn't ideal. So... Yeah, they, it was just, um, and the thing is, when you when you're at this level, it's like professional sport. You know, these little things do do have a big impact. And if you're not, you know, if you're not 100 percent at it, 100 percent fit, then it shows. Yeah, yeah. we've got well, we've got two more midweek Saturday games, haven't we? You know, we've got like you just said, West Brom on Tuesday night, Bristol City on Saturday, then Millwall away, then Hull away. So the next, what, two weeks, two and a bit weeks are going to be big test. And I think it's, I don't want to say it's important that we get players in in the window because we've seen what rushed recruitment can do at the club. But I suppose Lowe's got a decision to make, hasn't he, on his 25. You know, there's two games, well, there's the rest of the season after January, isn't there, that he's going to be going into with his chosen 25 and... How many of them will be new players? Who knows? I suspect it'll be two, personally. But yeah, we yeah. Need... Sorry, Ali. Sorry, uh, I was speaking to George the other day and I was saying, like, with how important the wing-backs are in lower system, I know everybody's crying out for wing-backs to be brought in, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if the right one isn't there. I, don't, I think he'd maybe rather wait and get the right one in the summer than bring somebody in now just to just to sort of fill the role that you then need to replace again in a year, 18 months, whatever it may be. So I know everybody's crying out for especially a left wing back, but I don't know. I just think if the right one isn't there, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do it. Yeah, well, there's no, I mean, we're not, we're not going down and you know, we're very unlikely to get in the playoffs. So there's no point in trying to force it or get someone in who isn't, who isn't the right man. Um, and you just wait until the summer. Um, I think, you know, on, on, on the importance of the win-backs, you could see yesterday against Swansea, you know, just how key they are to the way that Lowe wants us to try and play. They were so deep yesterday and at times it, it did feel a bit like we were watching that sort of Frankie ball again where it was the back five and um, credit to Swansea, to be fair, you know, they were putting a lot of pressure on the centre-backs and making it hard for us to play through the centre-backs and then out to the wing-backs, but... You know, when you've got Joe Rafferty playing out of position on the left and then you've got... Uh, to be fair, actually, I thought Barky did all right when he was on. But then when when he goes off at 30, 35 minutes and you're bringing on the myth, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be too harsh and criticised because he's played about, what, 120, 130, 140 minutes of football all season. We're not going to see the best Matthew Ollis Sunday in that time. So... I think people need to cut a massive amount of slack, but equally, I think this second half of the season is massive for him because I don't think we're going to go out and sign a right wing back in, in what's left of this window. At most, I think we'll sign a left wing back and obviously Archer and 
presumably Diaby, depending on how he gets on in this Huddersfield uh, Central League game on on Tuesday, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think that that's your lot really for the for the window at best. Yeah, I, th- I think long term, and it, it sort of circles back to what Brownie was saying about DJ playing so many minutes. They don't really have another player that can fill that specific role in how low sets his team up. Sort of like, because DJ will sort of veer wide a little bit more than Brownie. And um, the the other mid, I know people will say not another midfielder because they've spent so much money there. But I do think it's maybe something they'll have to look at in the summer in terms of bringing in another, another DJ type player that can play there. Because... Harrop could maybe do it, but I don't think it, I don't know if he's really going to get the chance. Is he Brown? Maybe, but it's again. Do you want to commit to another year when he when the injury problems are so bad? So, yeah. are yeah. we really in a position to be taking another gamble on an injury prone player like that? Exactly. I mean, he does. I think he does have an option, doesn't he? Have another year yeah, at the end of this good. one. So, we'll see what I think happens. With DJ, it. because he's left footed, I think he naturally he kind of suits that because he, he kind of plays towards the left. He kind mm. of makes up for the fact that we don't have a wing-back that's so high up the pitch. DJ kind of, as you can see the other night with the throwing and stuff, he kind of naturally fits in that that area of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and I think he's so key to the way we play at the minute because we don't have that left wing-back that gets so high up the pitch. And I think that's probably, like you say, always is a reason why he's playing so so many minutes. Yeah, the... I think Lowe used Ryan Broom in a similar sort of role at Plymouth as well, where he's sort of quite quite high up on the left and more sort of creative license than the sort of other side of the midfield where Brownie's sort of more box to box. So yeah, I just think it's maybe something that they might have to look at in the summer because like you say, DJ's playing so many minutes because I just don't think you can say slot in a Potts or a McCann into that role and expect the same sort of production. No, I don't think either of them have got it in the locker, have they? Um, you know, McCann's, McCann's all about energy and so is Potts, to be fair. Yeah. Obviously, a lot more than that. I'm not just limiting them to, <laughs> to just energy. But, yeah, they're, they're not the creative kind of player that you look at and think, yeah, they can go out there and carve out a couple of good chances a game or every other game or whatever it might be. Um yeah, the the goal for for Swansea was was a, I mean it all comes from a poor pass from Ben Whiteman, doesn't it? And while he does his best to recover, it it's not enough. And fair enough, take nothing away from Ryan Manning because it's some hit. I actually thought initially he took a deflection off Whiteman's toe, but I think it's just the way he's hit it. So sweet, it's yeah, it's a brilliant finish. Yeah, sometimes you know you you just got to hold your hands up and say. Fair play. Um, I mean, obviously, we give the ball away, but it's a great finish. Sick of defenders scoring worldies against us, though. Because after that, after that Ben Wilmot one for Stoke, you just don't think another one's going to come along a couple of weeks later, but here we are. I don't think anything's going to beat that Ben Wilmot one. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, nice well. if one of our defenders did it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember... Um... I think it was, was it Danny Devine scored an absolute worldie from like a halfway line at Deepdale? Just, yeah. I, I just dropped to him. I think we had a corner or a free kick or something like that and whoever we were playing cleared the ball and he was about maybe five or ten yards inside our opponent's half and it just dropped to him and he just absolutely thunder-twatted it. <laughs> and it was just an absolutely quality finish. It was a JPT game. Yeah, I think, I think it was. From memory. Yeah, long time ago. <laughs> I thought I'd mentioned Danny Devine on here either. No, it was a weird crop of youngsters, weren't there, that Phil Brown yeah. played at that time? Wasn't With he a Doyle bit of Middleton as well? Was yeah, I think there was a few a few, um, a few, few nights out where... I'm sure it, I mean, it was either Doyle Middleton or Danny Devine. One of them ended up getting into a scrap in town and like had the nose broke or something or the cheek broken and couldn't play. I think it was divine. Doyle Milton was supposed to be the next Paul Scholes, wasn't he? According to Phil Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, Andrew Woods. That was it. He said that at a fans forum in Lancaster that I went to compared Doyle Milton to Paul Scholes. Yeah. 
No pressure. Yeah, anyway, on that note, boys, I think um, unless you've got anything else to add about Swansea, then we can go to a break. No. Yeah, all good. Cool. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We've got a few listener questions, as is most weeks now, uh, and then we'll finish off by looking ahead to the West Brom game and the Bristol City game. Um, I'll start. This one is from Jasper and Smalls on Twitter. I'm sure most people know who that is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they've asked, is it time we moved Brown to right wing back and brought McCann back into the midfield? I would at least like to see it at some point because I think when when Lowe named his first team against Barnsley, I think we all thought it was going to be Brown at right wing back and McCann in midfield, and then it was the other way around. I just I just think McCann is so good that it feels like a waste having him sat on the bench, and he's obviously not a wing back. So I just think you've got to try. You've got to try it once, but I think Brown's sort of found a little bit of form playing centrally, hasn't he? So. I don't know if Lowell want to move him out to the right after playing so well recently. I think he's tried it. Is it Barnsley first game? I think towards the end of the game, I think Brown moved out there. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't done it. I'm just shocked he hasn't done it already um, because, you know, like yesterday again, like all of Sunday bringing him on, we were playing with pretty much two fullbacks, weren't we? Um, and, Brown's got all the attributes and he can play there, so I'd definitely give it a go. Yeah, and I think swapping Brown and McCann in midfield, I don't think you really lose that much between either whoever's playing there. There's obviously something he doesn't quite see in McCann yet because, you know, we all saw what a good player he is. I just think it's odd that he's not in the team and the natural replacement would be to put Brown at at wing-back, wouldn't it? To be fair, do you not think that might just be that he's come in, his captain's fit and was on a decent run of form. DJ, like we said, with no one else like DJ. He started them to, no one else is going to get in ahead of Whiteman in that sort of quarterback role, if you will. Um, And you don't think it's maybe just a case that that midfield three has just done really well since he's come in and McCann can't get in because of that. True, but we've not really had a proper right wing back have we so I think you, if you were going to do it you could put Brown there I mean we've had Potts Barkey all of Sunday the other day uh, McCann the first game out on that right wing back position um, and I just think it would be natural to try Brown there and put McCann in I think now with Barkey you know picking up another knock it it's, it makes the most sense to me um, but you know like I said in the first part all of a sudden he's got an opportunity now to sort of try and cement down the spot and obviously he'll have to, to do his best in training and give the manager a decision to make. Whether you know whether we see him there or not is, is another question. Um, there's no doubt there's going to be rotation in the next sort of four games because it's midweek, Saturday, back-to-back. Um, so, you know, he might look at resting Brownie and put McCann in and give Ola Sunday a run at right wing back or he might drop Browning to right wing back and bring McCann in you, you know you just don't know but I, I would you know I agree with you too I would do it I'd give it a go and you know I think most people would agree that Alan Brown is certainly not a bad option to have at right wing back some would argue it's his best position um, so I don't think it really weakens us either no, I think that'd be a pretty good midfield wouldn't it <laughs> if we had you know, McCann, Whiteman uh, DJ and then Brown out of wing back, it's pretty pretty decent that. Yeah, it's what, yeah. I, what I'd be going with. Yeah, I'm I'm with you both on that one. Uh, next one is from Gary Turner who asks, 
In fact, I suppose we could break this down into two, but he says, what are our chances of finishing above Blackpool and DC as making the playoffs? I think we can all agree on the second part of that, that we probably aren't going to make the playoffs. Not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's your answer, Gary, <laughs> on, on that one. There are teams, there are teams on, there like Middlesbrough and Forest that are just far, far better than us at this point. And I just don't think we quite have the quality to, to make up the ground. We're definitely a more of a long-term project at the minute rather than getting in the playoffs, I think. In terms of Blackpool, I don't know. Do you really care that much? Flip, flip I don't know. Coin, I, mean, I don't, yeah. personally. I, mean, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm that bothered. I'm looking like a really bad fan here, aren't I? I was going to leave at half-time of the night and I don't care about finishing with Blackpool. I, I do care. Obviously, I care, but I don't care to the point where like people are screenshotting the league table every week and putting it up every time we go above them and then they George go above Hodgson. us. Yeah. Being up above them and saying the gap, I was just like, you just ask him for it. What? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we can finish above them. I think we can put a good run together. Um, I just think, we, I think we people just got to look at the, the bigger picture here and I think we are, like I said before, a bit of a long-term project and if we don't finish above Blackpool this season, I don't think it's a massive crisis to be honest. It's just me. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's the end of the world. It'd be nice because um, I don't think we're going to have much to shout about come the end of this season. But like you said, it's you know it's, it's going to be a season of building. Well, it's going to be a, a season initially of consolidating and for the manager to sort of make his mind up on what he wants to do moving forward. And yeah, we, you know we're going to be a, a project for the next sort of twelve months, I suspect. Don't think I'm bothered if they finish above us, but I think if they beat us twice, then I would be bothered. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I want us to absolutely batter them when we play yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not so bothered if they finish, say, like two or three points above us. But if they if they've done us twice, yeah, that that's where I'd have an issue. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Definitely, it'd be nice to just win a derby game this season. I predicted that we wouldn't at the start of the season, and. <laughs> you're halfway there of all the things for me to predict I'm pretty annoyed that that one's so far true <laughs> it'd be nice to put a spanner in the works for Blackburn's uh, promotion charge yeah, it, later 100%. on in the season when do we play them at home is, is it all April I think could you imagine towards the end yeah that's what I mean so it'd be, it'd be nice if uh, yeah. they had something on it for him yeah, well, it's, it's Blackpool on, on the, is it the 5th of April? And yeah. then oh, Blackburn's the, uh, Blackburn's our last home game. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, that'd be funny. Probably be on TV as well if they're still up there. Probably. Um, Have they not gone up at Deepdale before, though? The Matt Janssen goal at Deepdale, did that not send them up once? Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's hope there's not a repeat of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one then this one's from Dale F. Yates on Twitter who asks as the transfer window is coming to a close and our wing back situation is looking a bit limited is 4-3-3 a viable option and off the back of that it's kind of like a, a double whammy but someone else on Twitter at Eternal Jimmy's has asked um, when are we going to ditch the back five if it's, as it's clear it doesn't work I'm not sure it's clear it doesn't work because what, five games in the league under low, we've lost one, drawn two, won two. Uh, playing more of a back three as well, not a back five. Um, have we got the players to play 4-3-3? Three, three? I don't think we do. Um, Murphy's injured, isn't he? Sinclair could probably play. But then we've only got Barkey. Um, oh yeah, I don't think we've got the players to do it. And we saw yesterday in the second half that you know, our defence that we've got isn't really suited to playing a back four either. I don't think Greg's quite out at left back or left wing back for that matter, although he has done a job at left wing back this season, but definitely not at left back. Pat looks a bit suspect in a back four. Whether that's Sepp alongside him or not, I don't know. But yeah, we we just don't have the personnel for it. Well, yeah, that's another thing, yeah, the back four. I just think we just need to just get the players to play this system and I don't think there'll be any problems with it at all because we've seen in patches how well we can actually play. So, yeah, just get the personnel right and we'll be fine. 
mean, yeah, we've we've lost one league game under under low, and it was one nil. So I I don't know if I'd say it's not working, and I'd also say that this isn't the same as Frankie's system, just because the players have such such different roles. It's such a different approach to the game. It it's almost in a vacuum these five games because it's completely different. I know the numbers on a screen of saying like three five two or whatever it'll look the same as it was, but the actual approach on the pitch is completely different. Yeah, it was. It was going to be another point that I was going to touch on was you know I've seen a few people on social media and a few people that I know actually have said to me as well like oh, football's not that different. It's very much the same as as under Frankie. It's boring to watch. It's no different to watch. Blah blah blah. I know, Ollie, you've just kind of touched on it a little bit there, but Brownie, what's what's your take on that? No, I don't I don't see that at all. I think we've you know, if if you look at I mean the games were a lot more exciting for a start than what they were under Frankie. Um and the football we're playing is better. And I think Lowe said the other day about us being sixty percent of where he wants us to be. So, you know, if you look if you take that into account and I think I think we do need to play better for for a whole game. Um, that that still needs to be worked on. But from what you can see in patches of games, it's completely different to what it was under Frankie. Um, and it's, it's, it's far more. It's something I can, you know, subscribe to. Um, whereas Frankie's football, I just I couldn't be dealing with that at all. To be honest, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, no shock to many people, but I haven't looked at the at the numbers. But I suspect the number of long balls that we're playing every game is drastically decreased, and the number of passes that we're completing every game is drastically increased. I would imagine. Bauer touched on it the other day. I think it was an interview. Um, I watched about the amount of ball he's getting compared to what he got before, and that just speaks for itself. You know, you're kind of missing Bauer out, whereas now he's like he's picking the ball up from the keeper, and we're playing through. You know, through the whole team. Um, so. Yeah, it's completely different to what it was under Frankie. I don't see how people can. I don't see how people can't see that. Even yeah. the use of the wide centre backs, I'd say, is is an, an early point. Just the amount of times they're getting forward to support the attack, or I think there were a couple of times in the Sheffield United game in the first half where Hughes is bombing forward and he's like the left sided centre half. I think he had. A, did he have our first chance of the game where yeah, um, it's cut that... back and near post he's had a shot? Yeah. A little bit of link-up play, wasn't there? I think it was between um, DJ and someone, maybe Barky, and then DJ's just played that little ball in and he's he's had the shot with his right foot. It was tame effort, to be fair. But, you know, a couple of times he's had headers that have flashed wide from, you know, chances where he's come running in at the back post. He's scored. Obviously, that was a set-piece, but... Yeah, just him and Sep, you know, the roles that they're playing are completely different. The amount of time Sep picks up the ball and he's sort of on the halfway line um, and looking to drive forward with it. And, you know, that's our centre-back. Would never happen under Frankie. It'd just be a, a lumped ball into the channel and play off whatever we can from that. Yeah, I think I can't remember who said it the other day. We were saying that the way we've changed the style of football is that like under Frankie we were playing to just compete 50-50s, get the ball up there and try and win it. Um, whereas under low, you know, we're actually playing football now. So it's, it's completely <clears throat> different. Yeah, I have no closing message on that other than the football is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Wednesday night, West Brom, they are in quite indifferent form at the minute. I think barring the good run that they had at the start of the season probably half of the season that we've played they have been in quite a different form to be fair but their last eight they've won three drawn three and lost two and you know let's be honest we know what to expect from them under Ismail um, can't imagine their fans are very happy people at the moment to be honest no I think they're the only team on the planet not to beat Barnsley as well <laughs> recently so that speaks for itself Um yeah, indifferent. It's a game we can go into and actually, for the first time in a few years, of actually West Brom away, thinking we could actually get something out of it. Um, so, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, they won yesterday, didn't they, against Peterborough, but Peterborough did only have one shot in 90 minutes. So, <laughs> Jesus. 
I don't think they they had the biggest of tests yesterday. Um, I don't think we'd have even managed that under Frankie. We'd have <laughs> had more than one shot, surely. Uh, they they did sign Daryl DK this month though, which does kind of worry me because he is he is very good. Um, I will say the the home game against them, I, I I was incredibly rattled by it just because of the the amount of yards they were gaining with the with the throw-ins. Like it was it wasn't like five or ten yards, in some cases like fifteen or twenty. Just I couldn't believe that they were getting away with it. Um, the one that they scored from, they did it, didn't they? I think he it was unbelievable. He, Furlong gained about ten or fifteen yards. Yeah. So I I would expect a similar sort of approach from him really especially with with DK in the team because he's he's a big physical lad isn't he um so yeah going to be going to be a tough one uh, i thought i thought the home game was a fairly good watch to be honest i thought we i thought we gave it a pretty good go earlier in the season um never usually like trips to the hawthorns though i've got to say we we don't tend to get a lot there do we no i've had a few over the years where it's been a a regret to go down there, definitely. Um, but they've, they've got some really good players, haven't they? I mean, Callum Robinson was on the bench for them yesterday. You know, he's a player to bring on. We could only dream of being able to bring on Callum, couldn't we, at the minute? When you look at our bench by comparison. Um, so they're obviously going to be, it's not going to be an easy game, <clears throat> but it's something that we can, like I said before, we can go into it with, with some optimism, definitely. It's going to be different how the game panned out against them at, uh, at home because obviously we like to now, like you said, Adam. You know, we like to actually try and play a bit of football. We like to try and keep hold of the ball a bit more. And um, yeah, it's going to be without wanting to sound like it's too obvious a thing to say because many games will be for low at this level. But it's just going to be interesting to see how we set up against them and how we take the game to them because while. Well, he's got a style and a, and a way of playing. Obviously, he has to tweak it in bits for for the opponent. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches it on Wednesday night. Hughes is a three match man, isn't it? I think so. so yeah, it was a straight red one. I yeah, think. so he's a big miss <clears throat> against a team like uh, West Brom and the way they play, um, because Hughes is is really good in the air. So he'd be a big loss. Yeah, Greg doesn't fill you with much confidence, does it, when it comes to uh, aerial ability? No. <laughs> Straight to the point, no. Um, are either of you going? No, mate, no, I'm not going. I think that might be a first, that I'm the only one going out of someone <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> um, what, what are your predictions? 1-1. One, one. Narrow 2-1 defeat. Ah, see, I was going to say narrow to one win. Is that because you're going, Jake? Yeah. Optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then it's it's Bristol City at home on Saturday. Another side that are quite indifferent at the minute. Um, I think Pearson's struggled, hasn't he, since he's gone in there. You know, they've won three of the last eight, lost four, drawn one. Um, they've not won away from home since 3-2 win at Peterborough back at the start of October so if that doesn't give any slightly pessimistic North End fan a little bit of hope then I don't know what will to be honest They concede a lot don't they um, last few games if they've been uh, shipping goals for fun so I can't see it being a nil-nil um, and we, you know it's a game we've got to be winning isn't it I looked at, I looked at Bristol City and I thought god they're They've been awful this season. I checked this morning, level on points with us. So it kind of says a lot about our season as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think we should win that. Yeah, we, we do tend to like a game against Bristol City, don't we? We've, we've had a few good dues, mostly away from home. But um, yeah, same as it is a game I'd be looking for us to, to win, really. It feels a bit like the Birmingham one as well, though, doesn't it? Where you look at it thinking you should win it, but only came out of that with a point. It's a championship, yeah. though, isn't it? You know, you can't. Uh, anything can happen. Yeah. Cliche alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm guessing. Like one of us has got to talk about momentum for Jimmy. But, yeah, yeah, and Solly. Solly will be pulling his hair out. <laughs> yeah. um, I assume neither of you are going to that. Uh, no, it's at home. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I'll be there as well. Um, what are your predictions? 3-1 win. Ooh. 2-0. Uh, yeah, I was going to say 2-0. Archer to get on the score sheet. Ooh. <laughs> Didn't he'll come in and start straight away? Um, I think if he, if we play, if he comes in before West Brom, I think he'll be on the bench for West Brom. And then I think he might start, depending on how. I can see him getting on the pitch, so he might start against Bristol City. I know um, people have asked about playoffs and, and all that. To be honest, at the minute, I'd just take getting into the top half of the table because we've not been there all season. Yeah, I think it's playoffs. I mean, it's you never you never say never, but you know, it's yeah. Let's just be a little bit realistic about this season. I think. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, boys. I think unless you've got anything else you want to say, then uh, we can wrap up. No, mate. All good. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been. Again, as the last few weeks have as a North End fan, and as much as the Swansea defeat was a disappointment, it's been a largely enjoyable week to be a North End fan. Deepdale felt back to what we sort of know and love on Tuesday night, and you know, touch wood, seems like we're about to bring in our first sign in the January window as well. So, you know, fingers crossed we can maybe shift a couple more on and get a couple more in before the end of the window. But if not, then. You know, like we've said at numerous points this episode, I think it's the rest of the season is going to be a building block. Um, so, yeah, boys, thank you very much for your time. I will now hand over to Reese E, spelt the Welsh way, R-H-Y-S. I think a lot of people have been struggling to find them on Spotify, spelling Reese the more common way. Uh, but, yeah, hand over to them to play us out with their single wise man. Cheers, fellas. Hi, this is Reese E, and you've been listening to From the Finney Podcast. And you can now hear our single, Wise Man. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and the town end. Peace and love.